the Word of God and learn some important truths. Proverbs chapter 1, and let's read verse 7 together. Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, the Word of God says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's pray. Lord, help us to learn a little bit more about the fear of the Lord, what it means, why we should have it, uh, and living in a world with less and less fear of God, uh, why we must not just have it, but uh, be totally and utterly committed to it, and know who you are, what you can do, what you ask of us, and live in the utmost reverence and respect towards you. It betters our lives and makes the world better, and so help us tonight to understand this vital truth. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This morning, we taught an interesting message on what the Bible says about global warming and climate change. And if you missed that, you can go online. It'll be online tomorrow, uh, and you can see that. But we talked about the fact that there is an alarmism going on in the world today where people are trying to make everybody afraid, uh, Whenever we are afraid of of things, it gives the devil a button to push, uh, a a lever to pull, uh, and fear is a powerful motivator. So if you find out what someone's afraid of and you learn how to weaponize that against them, you can actually get them to do what you want them to do, uh, even if it's not in their ultimate best interest. And I made a statement this morning that I felt like the Lord wanted us to build upon tonight. And that is that if you're not afraid of the Lord, if you don't have the fear of the Lord, then you'll be afraid of everything else. If you don't have the fear of the Lord, then you'll be afraid of everything else. Everyone's afraid of something. Uh, And especially this time of year, Halloween's coming up, the ghosts and the goblins and the ghouls and the, the horror movies and all this kind of stuff. People try to play on the fears and sometimes have a little fun with it. Better be careful because there's also a spiritual element to the holiday that is no joke. Uh, It's not just cartoonish little ghosts and ghouls. There is a no joke spiritual element. Uh, People that believe in Wiccan and pagans will tell you this is a high and holy holiday for them. It's an important time of year for them. And I think sometimes the things we don't take seriously uh, become an entrance that we open the door for Satan to to work in our lives. I read a book many years ago, I've still got it somewhere, I need to pull it out, called 10 Things Witches Hope Parents Never Find Out. Think about that. And the whole book talked about how Satan uses what are seemingly obscure things for you to bring the occult into your home. You're basically inviting it into your house and giving it a place to live and and uh, allowing your children to get invested in it, uh, and it really is uh, just a back door into some very dark stuff. Uh, and so we've, we've got to be careful of that and use our wisdom as well. But fear is something that's very palpable, not just this time of year particularly, but this age in human history. Technology has become a way for people to pump fearful things into your heart and mind basically all day long every day. I have people say it's hard to fall asleep, they get anxious about what's going on, 
what's going on over in Israel right now is on everybody's TV screen every day. What's going to happen? You know, it was it was North Korea, it was Russia, now it's Iran, and and all of these things, and Third World War, and uh, just all the chaos, and then you have the inflation and food, just crazy expensive prices. Basically, they tell you inflation's at what seven percent, eight percent. Then why is everything I buy double? It's like everything in the world I buy costs twice as much as it did four years ago but inflation's at 7%. I mean, if you believe that, I've got some desert land in Antarctica I'd like to, to, to sell to you, some beachfront land in Arizona. I mean, it's... And while they are making people scared over here, they're actually doing pretty evil and hurtful things over here in this game of misdirection. They want you to be afraid of the things that you shouldn't be afraid of so you're not paying attention to the things you really should be afraid of. And it's a, it's a satanic sleight of hand. And we as God's people have to be wise enough to understand what's going on. Everybody fears something. And fear is not necessarily the enemy. God gave you a fear reflex for a reason. There are some things you should be afraid of. Most people are just afraid of the wrong things. And it's amazing how the same people that are afraid, like I said this morning, of that... that uh, uh, eating meat is going to destroy the planet, the same ones are the people that will shake their fist at God uh, and uh, totally disregard the Bible and thousands of years of, of Christian history and, and everything else. People are willingly ignorant. And so we have to be discerning with the Lord's help. Lord, what should I be afraid of? How about asking this? When you feel fearful, when you feel anxious, why not ask, Lord, I feel anxious. What, what should I be anxious about? Do I have anything to be anxious about? Is, do I have anything to be fearful about? And the truth is, people will be anxious about what's going on in the news, but they won't have any anxiety about they haven't read their Bible all week. When really you should be anxious about you haven't read your Bible all week. <laughs> right? that's, that's the real problem. I haven't, I haven't prayed with any dedication or fervor in a long time but I'm afraid about how much my milk costs. Now, while milk costs may be important to your life, what you really should be afraid of is, is the lack of God in your life. What if you're not saved? You're afraid of all these other things. We have no fear of hell, no fear of meeting God, uh, no fear of dying in your sin, no fear of, of missing heaven, going to hell. So God gave us a fear reflex for a reason. The problem is we're afraid of the wrong things. There's an acrostic for fear that says fear is false evidence appearing real. And the truth is most of the things you and I are afraid of will never come to be. We're afraid and anxious about stuff that will never happen. But we're not afraid and anxious about the things that are currently hurting us. Again, that satanic sleight of hand. A fear does have its place, and the Bible teaches us that we should fear the right thing. For example, we won't go into all these, but the Bible says you should not fear man. The fear of man bringeth a snare, Proverbs 29, 25 says. Uh, Jesus said it this way, don't be afraid of him that can kill the body. Be afraid of him that can kill the body and the soul in hell. And the same people that are afraid of dying physically have no fear of the God of heaven, uh, who they're going to stand before one day in all their pride and sinfulness. Of Another example, people fear failure. 
A lot of people are afraid of failure. They're so afraid of failure, they never attempt anything great. You know, one thing's for sure, if you don't attempt anything great, you'll never do anything great. You've got to do something, attempt something that's beyond your capabilities, beyond your, your, your current beliefs. If God's asking you to do something, step outside of your comfort zone, you might just find out that you're a lot more capable of things than you, you think you are. But no, a lot of people are f- afraid of failure. Most people are afraid of rejection. Everybody's afraid of rejection. But wait, they're not afraid of being rejected by the Almighty God. They're afraid of being rejected by their peer group. So the Bible teaches us what not to be afraid of. I found a list years ago in a 2014 Washington Post article, and it had a list of the top ten at the time phobias. And what's interesting is the way...
or you just try not to get you're just trying not to get chastised. You're trying to get away with everything you can without getting chastised. Or do you really have a desire of, Lord, I want you to be happy with me. I want you to be pleased with my life. I want you to be able to look into my heart and be pleased. I want you to see what I do, how I talk to people, how I treat people. I want you to see how I treat my wife, my children, your husband, your children, strangers. I want you to look at my life and be pleased I don't want to disappoint you. And that's the reverence, that's the respect that we have for God. And the fear of the Lord, the Bible teaches us that the fear of the Lord is so powerful. When you get to the place where you're afraid to disobey God and you're afraid to disappoint God, things in your life just changed for the better. And I've got a list of 10 things here that I'm not going to give you tonight. <laughs> but uh, you should, yeah, Brother Pash is like, hey, man, thank you. <laughs> I've got 32 points. <laughs> but this idea that when you decide to fear the Lord, everything changes. Let me just show you two examples. The first is in our text. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is knowledge. Is that what it says? The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And this is an interesting thought. If we were to unpack this and, and dig down into the depths of what this verse means, let me ask you a question. If you don't fear God, what do you truly know? Do you know anything at all that really matters if you don't have the fear of the Lord? What does the beginning mean? The beginning, the Hebrew word here be, underneath beginning means beginning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Watch this. We never truly begin to learn what matters in life until we fear the Lord. And after that moment, now it all starts to make sense. Everything filtered, all the knowledge available to us, all the knowledge available to, uh, to the, in the world that comes to us, filtered through that frame of the fear of the Lord now I can truly begin to learn. Let me show you one other thing here. Proverbs chapter 9. Two verses everybody ought to memorize. Proverbs 1, 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And then Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 10 the fear of the Lord is wisdom. <coughs> oh, it's not what it says, is it? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Beginning of wisdom. What is wisdom? Wisdom is skillful living. Wisdom is the right application of truth. You know, you can have the right answer and not be wise. Happens all the time. But having the right answer 
and obeying what you know to do, that's wisdom. You know, the Bible says the devils believe in God and tremble. But are they wise? No. Satan knows more Bible than every human put together. But is he wise? No. They are highly intelligent people in this world, but are they wise? Not usually. Because wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Wisdom is knowledge plus truth and experience all coming together to where now we see the world the way God sees it. We're taking in all this knowledge that has come to us through the fear of the Lord, and now we understand how to apply that knowledge in the way God intends because we fear the Lord now we become wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And look at the last part of the verse. And the knowledge of the holy is what? Understanding. Three of the big concepts in Proverbs are knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. We've talked about this a lot over the years. We probably haven't covered it very much recently. Knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. Knowledge is the facts. Wisdom is the proper application of the facts or the truth. And understanding is knowing how it all fits together and why it works. Now, you would think that understanding would be mentioned before wisdom, but it's not on purpose. And it's that way in life. They tell us that hindsight is 20-20. Have you ever been there? You look back and you're like, oh, that's why I should have done that. That's understanding. You come to a place, you think you should do something, but you decide to do something else because you didn't understand. I don't understand why I should have to do this, so I'm going to do something else. But afterward, you look back and go, oh, that's why I should have done that. And the opposite is also true. You come to a place, you have the truth, you have the knowledge, now you have to decide whether to be wise. So in that moment, you choose to do the right thing. You choose to obey God when you don't understand why. And then afterward, you look back and go, oh, that's why I should have obeyed God. I'm so glad I did. So you can't truly have understanding unless you have wisdom. And wisdom, you have knowledge wisdom and understanding but notice what understanding is understanding is not some gift of discernment or intelligence understanding is the knowledge of what the holy once again coming back to the things of god the bible reminds us over and over and over and over again that god should be the center of your life not on the outskirts. God's not somebody you visit on the weekend. The Bible's not something that you pick up and bring to church as you would an accessory. Uh, Christian is not just some tag that you slap on yourself as, as some kind of other name, some club you, you belong to. No, God is the absolute center of your life. Jesus Christ is the absolute center of your life. And once you do that, the fear of the Lord, God, I don't want to cross you because I know what you're capable of. And by the way, if you don't think God could change your life in an instant, you don't have the fear of the Lord. If you don't think God right now, if you don't think God without even 
in a nanosecond could change your life in a meaningful, devastating way because of chastisement, you don't have the fear of the Lord. Our very breath is held in his hand. We exist because he willed it to be. My heart beats hundreds of thousands of times because he makes it beat. My lungs breathe without my intentional effort. I exist because he made me. I continue because he made me. I have health and eyes that see and ears that hear and brains that can think and hands that work and legs that can walk. I have a house to live in and healthy kids and a wife that loves me. I have a car and clothes. Everything is a gift from God. In one second, it can all change. And that's the fear of the Lord. Oh, God, I don't want to cross you. I don't want to cross you. I know you love me unconditionally, but you are willing to allow me to suffer for the greater good, and you are willing to chastise me to suffer now so it can be better for me later. Isn't that what the Bible teaches? Isn't that what every good parent does? Watch this. The fear of the Lord's also, God, you know I don't want to. I don't want to ruin my life. I don't want to make you upset at me. But more than that, God, I want you to be happy with me. When's the last time you just, in your heart of hearts, maybe you looked up to heaven, maybe you closed your eyes, but you just said, God, I just want you to be happy with me. I want you to be pleased with my life. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart. Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and redeemer. What's he saying? Lord, I want you to be, when you look into my heart, I want you to be pleased with what you find. When you look into my mind, I want you to be happy with what you see there. And that's a whole different way of living. Once that happens, you just entered a whole nother level of living because now you truly start to learn. And sometimes it comes at you fast. Like sometimes it's trying to drink out of a fire hose of God's goodness. He'll show you things. He'll teach you things. And then you begin to see wisdom. Oh, wow. Now I know what to do in this situation. Now I, I see how this should be applied. Now I know how to treat that person. Now I know what to do at work. Now I know what to do with my life. Now I see how to raise my kids. Now I know how to be a good, a, a good spouse. Now I understand how to live. And then you get understanding. I not only know what, I not only know how, but now I know why. And dear friend, if you have those things, that's a powerful life to live. This is the fear of the Lord. And it's something that we should all have. Thankfully, God's not looking for reasons to punish you. Amen? Every good, as, a, as a father, I'm not looking for reasons to punish my children. The truth is I love them and I'm happy with them every single day. God looks at you and he loves you. He sees Christ in you. He believes in you. He has a plan for you. 
He is your biggest cheerleader. He's going to empower you supernaturally to do things and become things you never thought possible. But at the same time, don't cross him. Does that make sense? And more than that, let's live to not disappoint. And when, he does, when we do disappoint him, which we all do, let's go to God and say, God, I'm sorry for disappointing you. Sorry for disobeying you. Help me to live a life that's pleasing. Amen? That's the fear of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for the truth, the fear of the Lord. Lord, forgive us of our presumption, our presumptive sins. Forgive us of our pride and arrogance. Sometimes we just think we got all under control. Sometimes we only run to you when things get tough. Lord, the truth is it is your very goodness that's given us everything good we have. It is your love and grace that made salvation even possible. But yet we have this sin nature that doesn't care about any of that and just wants to do wrong. And I pray you'd help us to walk in the Spirit so we'd not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Forgive us of any sins that we have as your children that may come between us and you. Lord, give us victory over the sins that so easily beset us. And help us to live with the desire to please you. To make you happy. And I know as a good father, you just have more and more blessings to bestow upon those who strive to live in a way that pleases you. Thank you for your goodness to us. Lord, I pray for those that seem to be away from you. I pray for people who I believe are saved that are not living in the fear of the Lord. They don't seem to give any thought of the day of what you want, what you've commanded, what would please you. And I pray that you'd restore them to yourself in whatever way necessary. Lord, I pray for our community, our nation, our world. Most people don't know who you are. They don't have any fear of you. I pray for those that are so lifted up with pride. Perhaps they've got a lot of degrees and high IQ, but they don't have any knowledge or wisdom. And they mock you and reject you and mock us for believing in you. I pray, Lord, that you'd turn them to yourself, that you'd save them, convict them of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And Lord, those that you know are not going to get saved, those that you know are your sworn eternal enemies, that you would stop them. You would stop them from hurting others and wreaking havoc in the world. That you would make their plans come to naught, their evil devices. That your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven.